Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers on the broadcast today. Paul Enos joins us. He's the CEO of the Nevada Trucking Association here for the whole show on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. Early in the morning or throughout the night, professional truck drivers are on the job, serving you, safely moving freight that's crucial to our economy. From the oldest industries to our newest innovators, from the exotic to the everyday, Trucks are everywhere, moving everything. Never afraid to embrace a future that makes Nevada and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Big R in Sparks is located on Bering Boulevard next to Smith's and across from Reed High School. It's a 50,000 square foot hardware store and a whole lot more. It's huge with clothing, power equipment, tools, and of course, hardware. Big R is located on Bering Boulevard and Sparks, next to Smith's and opposite Reed High School. Big R, hardware, and a whole lot more. Pro Group Management specializes in providing industries with the necessary components to satisfy and exceed workers' comp requirements. Every business has unique needs and specific regulations. Pro Group Management stays ahead of the curve, providing up-to-date services to keep your industry in top form. Discover how we simplify your tasks, improve efficiency, and reduce expense to keep you moving in a positive direction. Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you. Nevada Newsmakers Studio is located at the headquarters of the Nevada Trucking Association. Motion and purpose are a truck's greatest virtue. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad, a no-holds-barred political forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers broadcast headquarters, here is Sam Shad. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we're always pleased to welcome back to the program Paul Enos. He's the CEO of the Nevada Trucking Association and travels mile, okay, 10 feet to get here. Because yeah, about. This is our home. And we're always grateful for that. So Great thank to you. have you here, Sammy. Thank you, sir. So let's start out with uh, what happened over the weekend uh, with the Kinder Morgan pipeline into Las Vegas and, uh, and the governor's state of emergency. So I'm, I got to give the governor a tremendous amount of credit. You know, as soon as that happened, we we're on the phone talking about an hours of service waiver just in case we needed it. Of course, you had a tremendous amount of panic buying going on, which tends to happen whenever people hear that there is a supply shortage but they acted quick. We had the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration ready to do a regional declaration of emergency to cover Nevada, California, and Arizona, those states that would be affected by the pipeline. So what would that mean? So that would mean in those states, in those three states, your hours of service rules, truckers can only drive 11 hours a day and have 14 hours on duty. It would extend those, those hours in order to make those deliveries. Luckily, that did not have to happen. There was enough supply in Las Vegas to be able to take care of take care of the issues. And I was talking to some of my contacts down in Southern California with some of the biggest trucking companies in the world who were on the phone with Kinder Morgan and they said that it was gonna happen, they, they were gonna get that fixed within a few hours. Luckily, it wasn't a leak out in the middle of the desert. It was in their, in their yard in Watson, California, or Watson, their Watson yard in Long Beach, California. So it was really easy for them to fix. But, you know, I, I do think 
our governor deserves a tremendous amount of credit because dealt with numerous governors on different kinds of emergencies. And these guys have acted so quick, get things done. I think they, they understand how to do these things. And you know maybe it helps having a governor who used to be a sheriff who understands how to address these issues. Um, well, the thing that impressed me the most, apart from the fact that they got it fixed so quickly, was that the governor declared a state of emergency and then withdrew that state of emergency as against it being there for another year and a half. 100%. And, you know, we talked about that, too. Luckily, you didn't have anybody who had to use those hours of service waivers who was kind of caught in the middle. So it, it actually worked out very well. If that does happen and it is an emergency that is going to take longer to fix, that would be that would be a slog. These definitely are not easy things to address. You know, we talk about supply chain all the time, like it's, you know, kind of one linear thing. But the reality is supply chain is a complex system that's connected to other complex systems. So when we see one breakdown, you do have ramifications throughout that entire, you know, I think maybe we need to call it a web more than a, more than a chain. Typically, my guys are one of the most resilient parts of that supply chain because we have so many trucking companies that are small and nimble, but the more specialized you get when you're talking about tank trucks, when you're talking about hazmat drivers, that capacity to be able to move that amount of fuel it isn't there. You know, of course, rail, you know, after a pipeline, rail would probably be the most efficient way to move that, but they have capacity issues too. So there are all of these different things that when we talk about supply chains, we talk about the pressures on them that we need to think about because it's not just one it's, it's not just one thing, it is a series of things. A lot of dominoes. Uh, the other thing was, this happened on Super Bowl weekend. Fortunately, it happened Friday, Saturday, rather than Sunday, Monday, which would have been horrendous for the amount of people that were in Las Vegas. All right, let's change topics here. So And Phoenix. Phoenix was also affected by right, it. Right, right. Well, I, you know, just to briefly go back to this then. So, you know, Las Vegas really is fed by two directions, but the majority comes from California. But 90% right. of the fuel in Southern Nevada comes from California. Right, and then um, there is fuel that comes in from Utah as well. On a much smaller pipe. Right. So the, the straw's a lot smaller. Um, you know, it's, it's all about capacity. It, it's all about physics. There's only so much you can put, put in that pipe and, and get it there at a particular time. You know, it's the same with trucking. It's the same with rail. You know, capacity is always an issue. It's the same with roads, right? It will only bear so much. Okay, so let's deal with these one thing at a time. Let's start out with Tesla and investing three, or planning to invest another three and a half billion dollars into Story County. Um, electric trucks, your thoughts? Hey, I, I think it's great. You know, I think that the product that they're making is really interesting. Um, we're going to see where that market is for it. I know that their first sales went to Frito-Lay, and I think about half that bill was picked up by the state of California, the California Air Resources Board. Oh, really? I know a number of other, um, another of, a number of other companies have had those trucks on order for five or six years. So it's finally nice to be able to say, hey, we're going to be making something like that in Nevada. I, uh, I love that. But I'm also somebody who really appreciates the market system. Not every trucking company is the same. In fact, we are as diverse as the economy that we serve. For some folks, electric might make a tremendous amount of sense. For others, 
they may not be able to operate, you know, depending on where they're going, how long their, their haul is, what they're hauling. So, you know, I really appreciate having the market be the arbiter of what technology wins and, you know, what is best for somebody's company. Okay, so what kind of cost is there comparison between um, a, an electric truck and a gas or a diesel driven truck? So, typically, typically today for an internal combustion engine truck that runs on diesel, you're going to be paying about $200,000 for a brand new truck. Um, I don't know what the price is of the Teslas, but I do know some of the other makers of, uh, of electric trucks. You're looking at $425,000, $450,000. Um, the range on those trucks is not what I hear it is with a Tesla. It's about 200 miles, which if you think about going over Donner Summit, where, you know, here we are in Reno, Nevada, where we get a lot of our freight from, you have to go into the Bay Area. Um, you probably wouldn't be able to make it there because that 200 miles is predicated on fairly consistent grade and fairly consistent temperature and Sierra Nevadas have neither. So really, you know, I think for what we do here, it's going to be a lot of local operations where that makes a lot of sense where you can go and plug a truck in at night and wait, you know, anywhere from, depending on what kind of charge you have, two to six hours to, to charge that thing. So, um, look, yeah. we're still in a... That's with a fast charger, that's, obviously. Yeah. That's with a fast charger. Although, you know, once again, a lot of this technology is fairly new and I hear different things about, you know, how many kilowatt hours per mile. So, you know, I, I think that we just need to watch and see how a lot of this plays out. You know, infrastructure is a huge issue. We've had a fueling infrastructure that has existed in this country for over a hundred years that is really efficient. Um, we, you know, we saw issues this weekend on it, but when you look at the electrical grid, if tomorrow were to flip a switch and say, hey, we're moving all of our mobility to electric, we would need to build 35% more power plants here in Nevada. And that's from a study from the American Research Institute. We're actually one of the better states, you know, our next door neighbors in Utah, they would have to more than double, sorry, not more than double. They'd have to have at least 57% more power plants than they have today. So, you know, it's a pretty tremendous challenge when we talk about moving our mobility from diesel, which is really easy to store, um, that energy is right there in the in the fuel itself, as opposed to having cr to create energy, put it on a battery, and then have that battery go, and then have to charge up somewhere again for, you know, much longer period of time than we get with diesel fuel. Uh, okay, so so my my concern, I mean, you know, I think all of us, you know, want a, a clean planet, right? And and we want to get there, but my concern is that we're in a big rush. We're saying 2030, and that's a ridiculous amount of time when you consider how long it takes to charge. Um, and you talk to people, and and they say, well, you know, you're going to do most, you know, for the, the regular consumer, you're going to do most of your charging at home. Well, yeah, but if you drive from here to Elko, you're going to need to charge up. And if you have six cars in line, and it takes 30 minutes per car to charge. Are you going to sit there for three hours? I mean, I think there are lots of things that people are really not considering. My next door neighbor had a Tesla, um, took it to Vegas. It took him 14 hours to get to Las Vegas, and he no longer has a Tesla. Now, look, 
everybody has to make their own decision what works well for them. You know, I think, hey, for somebody, a Tesla may be the absolute perfect car. If you're hauling something, if you are um, going long distances in rural areas where they don't have that infrastructure, you know, an internal combustion engine, maybe a diesel engine makes a lot of sense. But, you know, really, I'm a pro-choice guy in terms of what the market looks like and what people want to do. I, I think there's a lot of really interesting technology from hydrogen to electric to one of my favorites right now, Sam, is renewable diesel. We actually have a renewable diesel refinery right here in northern Nevada at the Tahoe Renew Industrial Center where the carbon output in that fuel is a third of what a regular gallon of diesel is. Every time you burn a gallon of diesel, you're putting 22.3 pounds of CO2 into the air with renewable diesel, 7.89. So it's pretty amazing some of the things that we're having that, that we're seeing today. Um, you know, once again, this is something where I hate it when politicians are putting their finger on the scale and saying, hey, this is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. You know, I, I think everybody wants to be more efficient and wants to be cleaner. You know, I know in my industry, Today, fuel prices are the number one concern of people in the trucking industry. We don't want to burn fuel needlessly, whether it's waiting in traffic or you know using more than, than we should. Um, we love to have the engineering that we've seen that has made our trucks cleaner and more efficient. And if we can put some of that research into fuels where you're not changing your fleet and fueling infrastructure, hey, I think that's a beautiful thing too. Well, Southwest Gas has said in last session, um, that they wanted to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And so I think that all the technologies, the old technologies, are looking for ways to be cleaner and more efficient so that they can survive as businesses, because these are not small businesses, to say the least. Um, so I've got a thought in my, my head that I've been roam, running around for a, a, you know, a few months, um, which is that I think that at some point, battery technology, at least for consumer cars, um, is going to have to be something like when you get liquid natural gas for propane for your uh, barbecue. You take in the tank and you get a new tank and you go ahead and you don't have to wait half an hour to be able to put your barbecue on. That eventually battery technology is going to have to get to a point where you can drive into somewhere and swap out batteries and put a new battery in. Is, is that something that's even been discussed to your knowledge? You know, you know, once again, you know, we're an industry that just needs things to work and, you know, what makes the most sense. And, you know, I follow a lot of guys on Twitter from Alex Epstein, who I think is one of the absolute best people. You know, if you haven't read his book, Fossil Future, yet, check it out. Or listen to the interview with you that you did on uh, Nevada Newsman. Right here, Sammy. Right here. Um, you know, he makes some amazing cases for what we're doing today. Um, look, I think there's applications where electric makes sense, um, you know, there's applications where it doesn't. So once again, this is something that there are a tremendous amount of very creative and nimble people in the private sector who do a good job of figuring this stuff out. You know, my biggest companies, UPS and FedEx, they are testing dozens of types of fuel every day on the road to figure out what works best for what application. Today, though, if I'm just going to tell you based on physics and based on energy density, diesel is the best fuel for land mobility. Do you see that still being the technology in 2050? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, do I, I, do physics, I do too. Because <laughs> physics, you know, physics doesn't change. I mean, the 
laws of man um, can, you know, we can, we can bend the laws of man, but you can't bend the laws of physics. Well, I also think that the cost to the individual, uh, you know, beyond corporations, but to the individual to, for this massive changeover, it's, it's not going to be something that's going to happen in five to ten years. It's going to be something that's going to, you know, your car, you buy a new car today, it's going to last 20 years. Well, Sam, just, just start the there. amount of, you know, I'm a mining kid. My old man was a gold miner, born and raised in Elko, where every third truck had a bumper sticker on it that said, if it's not grown, it has to be mined. There is a lot of mining that is going to need to go on, from copper to aluminum to lithium to cadmium to cobalt to nickel. And those are finite resources. Those are resources that are um, a lot tougher to get than natural gas or oil today. The infrastructure to um, you know, take some of that waste product and do something, do something with it isn't there. I mean, you, you look at how many different products we get from a barrel of oil, it's absolutely amazing. When you look at how many products we get from the waste of mining, we get a lot of rock, but uh, not a lot else. And I'm a mining kid. I love the industry. All right, let's take another break. And we'll be, oh, actually, we'll take our first break <laughs> right after this timeout. Carson Valley, your place for the good times. Carson Valley. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com. Tollsdevelopment.com. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. It's the 10 million point break the bank giveaways at Tamarack Casino. Plus, win your share of 50,000 in cash. The 10 million point break the bank giveaways plus 50,000 in cash at Tamarack Casino. Now through February 25th, your good times are at Tamarack Casino. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Paul Enos. He's the CEO of the Nevada Trucking Association. Um, vehicle miles traveled. Where are we going with this? Well, you know, with all these people now, I mean, it's still not a huge number of people buying electric vehicles, now electric trucks. Um, so I sat on a committee for about 15 months on this. And shocker, I was the minority, um, no vote on um, moving forward with the vehicle miles travel tax. You know, when I look at our fuel tax system today, it is tremendously efficient. In Nevada, we have less than 200 entities that actually pay the fuel tax. So what does that mean? That means for every dollar that we collect, 
it costs less than three cents to get to get that money. So that means that's 97 cents that can go back to run the DMV and the high patrol and build roads. I love that. What I don't love is a system where you are going to exponentially increase the number of auditable entities, which means you and I, when we drive, you know, either through an odometer reading or what they call a dongle, you know, which they right. put in your car and, you know, big tech then collects that information and, you know, they get their cut off the top. Uh, I think there's a better way. Okay, so what's we, the better way? So we tax all special fuels on what they call a diesel gallon equivalent. So we take the energy in LNG, liquefied natural gas, compressed natural gas, propane, and we do an energy calculation and we base that on the diesel tax. You can do the same with electricity. So just for context, a gallon of diesel has 40 point, the energy of 40.3 kilowatt hours. That would run your house for about a day and a third, um, a, a one and a third day. Um, pretty energy dense, once again, why like diesel fuel? If you were to apply the current diesel tax, special fuel tax on energy, you're talking about maybe seven tenths of a cent a kilowatt hour. Having the utilities be that collector I think is tremendously better. How would they do that? They, they, so they, would, they, they would go through the plug that's in your house. They would do that through a smart meter. Now I realize maybe not all our smart meters in Nevada are, are that smart, um, but you can definitely start with commercial charging stations where you have the state of Nevada um, getting a cut for highway taxes from the utility at once again, seven tenths of a, of a cent um, you're not going to exponentially increase the number of auditable entities in the state. I think, you know, when you look at all the different utilities, maybe we have 20 in Nevada. So it's something that could make sense. Once again, this was a study that was done by the American Transportation Research Institute. I think it is a tremendously better way. I, I don't think, Sam, we as taxpayers should be okay with a system that is going to cost the government a lot more money to collect that tax. You know, everybody tells me, oh, this is gonna be revenue neutral. And it's like, well, to who? Is it gonna be revenue neutral to the taxpayer? Because if that's the case, that means less money for roads. That means less money for the high patrol, less money for right. the DMV, less money for all that all right, infrastructure. So, so, so what, what would, would the cost to the taxpayer who has that electrical unit in their garage would be roughly equivalent to what they're paying in terms of a gas tax right now? Yes, it'd be on a, that diesel okay, gallon. Okay, so that equipment. so that would be fair. So a hundred percent, and I, I will tell you, I've worked on this with the environmental community, who they don't want a different tax for electric vehicles, and you know what? They don't need one. We can do the same with hydrogen. We can do the same with any type of fuel. You just put the diesel gallon equivalent in your special fuel statute. Boom, there it is. You do the calculation. They're actually looking at that right now in Idaho, okay. of all places. All right, let's take another break. We'll be right back with Paulie Nose after this. The Do It Right guys at Nevada Heating have one mission. Your furnace breaks down today, we fix it today. Why freeze for days while your furnace is down when Nevada Heating can get the job done today and you can get warm again? For nearly 50 years, locally owned Nevada Heating has been getting the job done right. Call today at 323-5585 and we'll fix it today. That's 323-5585 or online at nevadaheating.com. 
Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the Greenhouse Project. It's real, it's growing, and it needs your help. Go online to carsoncitygreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Hi, I'm Renee Summer, our digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming nonstop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the valley from Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Paula Enos. He's the CEO of the Nevada Trucking Association. Um, Partols is putting this development into Gene uh, that will allow trucks to do the turnaround without having to spend the night. Is that going to be good for your industry? Sam, I think any kind of development that keeps us out of traffic, you know, out of these heavy traffic centers, is a good thing. I mean, I look at what Trick has done, you know, not just for the trucking industry, but for the manufacturing industry and diversifying our economy. Hey, I think it's all good stuff. And that's where we have to leave it. Paul Enos, thank you, sir. Thank you, you, Sammy. See you in Carson City. Yes, sir. <laughs> if <laughs> not here first, right? <laughs> hey, well, I'll definitely see you here. And we'll be right back. Modern boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suite. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. Snorkel personnel lifts are engineered beyond the industry norm to an uncommon level of safety and durability and with an eye towards sustainability. They're also designed to be simple to operate and maintain. Snorkel, always at the cutting edge of progress. With Nevada's only transplant center and verified burn center, the science is here. With award-winning cardiologist and the state's only dedicated heart failure clinic, the talent is here. With Nevada's most advanced robotic surgery, the technology is here. And with the Silver State's only designated pediatric trauma center, hope is here. All because we are here. UMC. 
Southwest Specialties has been making the homes and businesses of Nevada beautiful for more than 20 years. Their experienced designers and craftsmen create the walkways, backyards, water features, and a variety of outdoor cooking areas that add curb appeal and value to your investment. Call today or visit them at their website and see how they can make your outdoor spaces special. Southwest Specialties, creative, distinctive, beautiful. As always, you can watch Nevada Newsmakers 24 hours a day at NevadaNewsmakers.com. We'll see you on the next show.